0: Hey Listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday morning. Let's turn to our next topic and guest of today. In the next 15 minutes or so, we're talking about prenatal testings and uh, what are the and some of these testings or prenatal screening tests can assess your chance of having a baby with various congenital conditions. And to talk about this, I'm really delighted to be chatting once again with Dr. Karina Chan-Chi-Wai, who's a specialist in reproductive medicine. Welcome back on the program, Dr. Chan. Thank Thank you so much for joining us this morning.
1: Thank you Noreen. Hello everyone.
0: It's so nice to meet you in person. We spoke I think last year um, uh, about uh, reproductive uh, uh, topics also. We are live this morning on Facebook so I'd love for our listeners to join us there. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. So perhaps uh, Dr. Chan let's talk a little bit more about uh, what exactly are these uh, prenatal screening tests?
1: prenatal meaning before the birth of a baby. So when we talk about prenatal screening tests, we are usually referring to a woman who is already pregnant and she wishes to to know whether the baby is healthy or not. So basically we're talking about two big group of tests. The first one is to screen for uh, fetal Down syndrome to check whether the baby is affected by, uh, by this condition. And the second is the structural scan or the morphology scan. Let's talk about these two groups one by one. The first group is the Down syndrome screening. Um, Now, Down syndrome is a chromosome problem. We all have... 23 pairs of a chromosome uh, that comes in pairs so each of us should have a total of 46 chromosomes but for down syndrome persons they have an extra copy of chromosome 21 so they have a total of 47 chromosomes and this extra chromosome will affect the function of the body in many ways as we know um Right. So and a, the chance of a woman carrying a Down syndrome baby is not related to her family history, is not related to herself or her partner. It's entirely related to her age. And the risk of this um, a woman carrying a Down syndrome baby increases with her age. So even with a family history of someone
0: with Down syndrome, this is not really an added factor. It's to do solely on the woman's age.
1: Mostly. Wow. Um, so for someone who have had the Down syndrome baby in the past, the chance of her having a next pregnancy affected by Down syndrome is just minimally increased. I see. Um, on the other side, of for a woman who has, have, uh, who has had a few healthy babies already and she's now at the age of 40, the risk of her carrying a Down syndrome baby is just the same as any other woman who are also at this age. Okay, and so how does the risk increase according to the age? Right, so to give everybody a perspective, um, we're talking about 30 five years old as a cutoff for the conventional cutoff for advanced that is maternal a age. a geriatric mother. And <laughs> no, no, we shouldn't say that. We're more mature.
0: Exactly. I thank you for saying that because I felt certainly, definitely felt like an older mom compared just based on my age. Um, no, but always But these tell. days, a lot of, yeah, these yeah. days, uh, more people are having children at a
1: later age. Yes, we, we call it mature. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and this is not absolute. The, the, there's no magic about this absolute cutoff. It's just not for scientific uh, purposes. When we do studies, we still have an age cutoff. Or when we are talking about uh, whether we advise women to undergo invasive testing, we still have to have a cut off. That's about it. All yeah. right. Um, but Just to give everyone an idea, um, when we're talking about age-related Down syndrome risk, for example, a woman at the age of 30, the chance of her carrying a Down syndrome baby will be 1 in 900. When she gets to the age of 35, the risk will be 1 in 350. Wow! And that further increases to 1 in 100 when he gets to the age of 40.
0: Wow. So when a woman is 40, her chance of having a Down syndrome child is
1: 1 in... 100. Wow. 100. Right, but if you look at it from the other angle, the chance of her having a healthy baby will be ninety-nine yes. out of one hundred, isn't it? Yes. So it depends on how you look at it.
0: Absolutely, that's a great way to see whether or not the the cup is half full or half empty. Yes, and also, you know, the the, the value of life isn't you know based on somebody's condition. No. I should really stress that um, you know children or people of all types of ability, whether you have a disability, you know, th- their life is just as worthy as anybody else's. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Dr. Chan, um, in terms of, um, uh, so that's one of the, uh, the reasons why people get tested. Um, how are they being tested? Because in the public system, uh, we, we talked about this before we started the interview, uh, they measure the, the, the neck fold. C- could you explain yes. a little bit more?
1: Yes. Uh, in the past as I just said, uh, we use 35 years as the cut-off to advise women whether they should go for invasive testing. Have you heard about amniocentesis? Yeah. Right. So that is a very accurate test, but it carries a very small risk of miscarriage. So that's why in the past we only advised women to go through this process if they have a higher risk of carrying a baby that yeah. will be affected. How does that work? What's the procedure of that? Uh, it is done uh, somewhere at around Uh, 16 weeks of pregnancy and we pass the needle into the pregnancy sac to aspirate a little bit of the amniotic fluid out and send it for testing. Mm-hmm. So, as you can imagine, the needle goes into the, the uterus and it carries a very small risk of miscarriage as yes. a result. Okay. Um, and then that can be tested. And how accurate is that testing? It's almost 100%. Oh, wow. Almost, almost nothing is absolute. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. But because of the invasiveness, we only uh, offer this option to women who are at higher risk in the past. Yes. But then uh, there came the non-invasive options. So there are two non-invasive options now. One is the translucency measurement over the NT. Some people call it NT in short. But in fact, uh, the full name is an OSCAR test. Okay, OSCA test. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it uh, involves um, actually a few things. The mother's age and then a measurement of the baby's neck fold, the NT measurement. Also, we need to take a blood sample from the mother to check for two hormones called BAPBA and HCG. Okay. I don't bother the audience oh, with yeah, the the, the, uh, the, the, the names human of growth the hormone. No, the placental hormone. Okay, I see. But anyway, so we put these all these figures into a formula and then um, we do a calculation on the risk and it comes up with a risk score. If this risk score says that the woman is at low risk, then we think that the baby should be okay. If it sets the woman at high risk of carrying a Down syndrome baby, then we will have to undergo further testing, including one of the options will be perform amyocentesis. So that's a non-invasive test. You, you can imagine it involves a blood test of the mother and also an ultrasound scan. So it's not, uh, uh, it does not have a risk of miscarriage. Okay. So that's why it can be offered to all women. And that's the uh, first option of, of, of having in non-invasive testing for Down syndrome. The second one is uh, we call the NIPT as a non-invasive prenatal testing. Uh, this one is more, uh, a newer option. It involves also a blood sample from the mother. And this time we are looking for placental cells from the mother's blood and use these DNAs to test and see whether the baby is affected by Down syndrome or not. So this test is newer and is more accurate than the Oscar. And it actually tests more uh, conditions as compared to Oscar. And you can do it quite earlier on in in the
0: pregnancy also. And I think that's commonly, I think people know that as
1: T21 T21. or one of them. Yes, it's just one of them. NIPT is the name of the group of tests and uh, under this umbrella, there are a few brands Um, In in fact, a few laboratories that are offering similar tests. So T21 is just one of them. Okay. And what other uh, genetic uh, testing is included in in, in that then? Now, for Oscar tests, it tests for uh, fetal Down syndrome, as we talked about. It also tests for... Trisomy 18, that means that the baby has got an extra 18 chromosome, and also trisomy 13. That's for Oscar, the three chromosomes, the 18, 13, and 21. The reason for testing these three chromosomes is because um, when baby can be uh, uh, that advanced in the gestation up to uh, 12 weeks pregnancy, if the baby has other chromosome problems, they cannot survive that that long. And these three chromosomes are the commoner, Problems that we can encounter at this gestation, okay. especially Down syndrome. So T twenty one, sorry,
0: Oscar, Oscar, three twenty one chromosomes. That's Down syndrome. And what about eighteen? Uh, okay, what about eighteen and thirteen?
1: Eight, eighteen is called Edward syndrome. I see. Um, and babies are very uh, un- abnormal. If it's affected by this condition, as well as uh, chromosome 13, and for these two conditions, the baby can the babies can survive during pregnancy. Some of them cannot. Some of them we may lose them during pregnancy, oh, and most of the time when they can reach term, and they can only survive for a few days outside oh, okay. the mother's uh, body. So these are quite and deadly conditions. And it sounds like the procedure is relatively straightforward. Yes. It really is just the blood test from the mother. And the scan. And the scan. Okay. Yeah. Um, and is it time sensitive as well? Yes. Uh, it can only be done between 11 to 14 weeks of pregnancy. I see.
0: Okay. So it is very time sensitive. Yes. yes.
1: Um, and then when it's done outside of the margin, does it affect the, the results? Uh, there will be no reference for the blood sample. Oh, so see. we cannot come up with a score assessment. I see. Um, and so who should consider these sort of diagnostic testing mm-hmm. then? These are screening tests, not diagnostic. Okay. Um, so all all pregnant women can actually consider because it's risk free. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so uh, do, do some women choose not to do any yes, testing? Yes. Okay. Yes. I have, uh, I, I remember a patient of mine who, uh, after discussion, she said that um, I understand the discussion and I decide not to undergo testing and then ask her why. And she said that because I'm a Christian. Okay. Even if the baby is affected by one of these conditions, I'm going to keep the pregnancy. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and that's um, very much re- respected. Yes. Although m- my
0: perspective is if, if you decide to keep the baby, anyway, why not know it? Because then there's early intervention. I think some of the times when you you often read or you often see maybe the child is born with a condition with their heart and they really require a very
1: time-sensitive
0: operation straight
1: after birth. So wouldn't it be better to, yeah. Absolutely agree. So uh, there are two schools of thoughts. We can't say who is right and who is wrong. So for my patient, it's absolutely not right for her for to make such a decision. And for other mothers who may, as you said, may decide to keep the pregnancy, even the baby is affected, then uh, they will say that right, uh, why don't you give me a chance to know and to learn and get me prepared psychologically, socially and in terms of maybe some family uh, uh, can, uh, well, may have to, to, uh, to, to make do, some uh, certain arrangements yes, yes. Uh, or help when the baby is born. And so that will give everyone the easiest way to you know go through the whole pregnancy and baby care. Yeah. So that's another way of looking at things. It doesn't mean that if a baby is affected by any condition, we will have to terminate the pregnancy. This is absolutely not the right way to do Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and
0: I mean, I'm sure, Dr. Chen, you've seen so many patients. I mean, what happens if some of the screening comes back with some of the results, which they were not expecting? You know, if some of the results come back positive, um, what
1: are sort of the options in Hong Kong? And, and yeah, what have you seen? Um, we, we, of course, we have to explain. And all these screening tests, the, the answer is not absolute. Screening tests means that they can be right and can be wrong. So it, we need a confirmation. That is a diagnostic test or, or confirmatory test. And most of the time, we'll be talking about an amniocentesis this time. So um, nowadays, I, I can say amniocentesis is reserved for women who are really at high risk of carrying an affected baby
0: yeah okay and and that's the one you mentioned just now when they insert the instrument to aspirate the fluid yes and even though it's not 100% th- those are quite accurate yes yes okay Um, w- we are coming up to the news and there's still so much to talk about Dr Chan maybe if we can ask you to stay a little bit longer until after the news because uh, I'd really like to discuss one of the mo- more popular tests uh, here in Hong Kong which includes the fragile X syndrome carrier screening which is uh, qu- quite, uh, quite a popular uh, test here in Hong Kong. Perhaps we can talk about this after the news. We'll keep uh, rolling on Facebook Live, so I'd I'd love our listeners to keep joining us there. And we'll be back after the 11 o'clock news with Dr. Karina
1: Chang.
0: You're listening to Brunch with me, Noreen May, on this Wednesday morning. We're continuing our uh, chat on uh, prenatal genetic testing this morning with Dr. Karina Chan. And I'd love for our listeners to join us on Facebook also. Noreen May on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to see and hear Dr. Chan there. So uh, earlier before the news break, Dr. Chan, we were talking about uh, these uh, testings and um, we want to touch on some of the more popular ones here in Hong yes. Kong. And one of them uh, includes the Fragile X Syndrome carrier uh, screening, which to be honest, I'd never heard of until recent years. Um, So could you explain a little bit more of this?
1: Yes. Then um, in order to understand this, we have to have a little bit of knowledge about genes and chromosomes. Now, I mentioned uh, we as human, we all have 23 pairs of chromosomes. Um, The 23rd is the sex chromosome. Uh, For women, we have both eggs. for men, they have one X and one Y. So everyone has a total of 46 chromosomes. And in each of these chromosomes, there are many, many genes. Um, and for humans, it's estimated that we have somewhere between 20 000 to 25,000 genes residing in all these 23 chromosomes. So one chromosome may be carrying a few hundred to a few thousand genes. And these genes actually determine our function and our characteristics, like our hair color, our eye color, our skin color. And some of these genes determine our internal function, our heart, our kidneys and everything. Right. So um, we have Two uh, two sets of chromosomes, one set coming from the mother and one set coming from the father. So for each genes, we have two copies. And then uh, these genes, if they're normal, then we have normal function. But what if these genes are defective? So if there are two types of diseases, these genetic di- diseases, one type is the, what we call dominance Dominance diseases. The other type is recessive. And we attach another word in front of it, we call autosome. Autosome refers to the 20 two chromosomes, the first 22 chromosomes, not the sex chromosomes. So um, uh, we call these autosomal dominant diseases or autosomal recessive diseases. And that means for autosomal dominant diseases, if one of the genes is defective, the person will have the disease, will have the symptoms, then we can tell. It
0: overrides the... Yes.
1: One defective gene can already bring about the disease. But for autosomal recessive diseases, you need two defective genes in order for the person to manifest the symptoms so for recessive genes a little bit tricky it will not be easy for us to find um, because those persons who are carrying just one defective gene with another normal gene functioning then this person is a perfectly healthy person. He or she will not know that he or she is carrying this defective gene if we do not subject this person for testing. Yeah, so then we will be talking about uh, genetic screening. Genetic screening is by means of a blood test to see and is to see this particular gene, whether for this particular person, whether these two genes are normal or defective. Yes. Yeah. So this is called genetic screening. One and fragile X is one of them. Okay, and what is that test for then? Uh, fragile X is a it, it's a, a problem that lies with the X chromosome, and um, it's um, uh, it's a X chromosome dominance disease, meaning that if. One of the X chromosome is defective. The person will have the disease. And this disease is even more complicated. Um, it's the, when it comes to um, then we have, may have to talk about the gene, um, the gene constitution itself. Uh, the gene is, consists of DNAs we we know dnas and that's the ba- the basic building block of a gene so a gene actually contains many many dnas inside and uh, if the gene is defective it may be some of these dnas that are not normal and for this fragile x syndrome uh, it, the the gene is called the fm uh, fmr1 F- gene oh, wow. yeah in this gene um, the, in this gene there is a, a line of dna Um, that repeats itself is called CGG repeats so it depends on how many uh, of these repeats there are if there are many many repeats then this person will have fragile X syndrome and fragile X syndrome is a very uh, severe problem if it affects a male more than the female as we can imagine for male there is only one x chromosome so if this x chromosome is affected then the, the person will have all the symptoms of um, fragile x syndrome I see. but for a woman for a girl it, uh, she will have two x chromosomes it's, if if one of these x chromosomes is defective at least she will have a little bit of the function of, of the x. other x oh. yes so uh, a X syndrome actually affects male more than female. And even if it affects a female, the symptom is usually milder. Right, so we talk about this CGG repeats. Um, if a person has a low number of CGG repeats, then this person is called a healthy person. And, and this person is carrying a normal Fragile X gene. The uh, uh, FMR1 gene. But if this person is carrying an intermediate number of CGG repeats, we call this a premutation carrier. Premutation, not normal, not mutated. So this person, if this is girl, and if this girl passes on this abnormal gene to her next generation, then in the next generation, the number of CGG repeats may expand. This is a possibility. So her next generation will become a full blown fragile egg syndrome person rather than a premutation carrier. Okay. So uh, this is something that she may not aware herself without testing. Um, then, if she gives birth to a boy, then she has to pieces of um, X chromosome if she passes on the normal X then that's fine if she passes on the abnormal X chromosome to a boy then the boy may have full-blown fragile X syndrome so it's a 50% chance okay. it also happens with the girl if she gives birth to a girl but of course if it's the girl the symptom will be milder okay and what are the symptoms of fragile X uh, syndrome um, uh, it can be quite severe. Uh, the, the boy will have a profound um, learning deficiency uh, mm-hmm. with a very low IQ. And also um, he will have um, abnormal developmental milestones and also may have behavioural problems uh, like the autism spectrum and also some physical abnormalities as well, long face, very tall uh, stature okay. and uh, um, problems with his testicles as well. So for girls, they have milder symptoms. Okay. So who should consider uh, the testing for Fragile X uh, um, uh, screening? Now, uh, that means that the women will be having a premutation uh, Fragile X gene. Um, for, for these women, they will have very little symptoms, especially when they're young. Um, so uh, women with, in, uh, with premutation FMR one gene, they will have premature menopause that means they will uh, stop menstruating, making eggs before the age of 40. But that happens in only 20% of these women. So sometimes they don't even know that they're carrying this this gene. So if they, of course, if they have given birth to a child with this problem, then we will ask women whether she wishes to be tested. And also if they have a family history of uh, an unexplained um, a child. Why this child has suddenly uh, be born with similar with symptoms of suggestive or suggestive for fragile X syndrome? Um, then we will ask whether she wants to be tested, or even if, not, if there is no family history. And she is asymptomatic. If she's worried about this uh, giving birth to a child with this problem, and uh, if she's planning a pregnancy, then yes, she can also be tested because yeah. it's just by means of a blood test. Yeah. Um, finally, Dr. Chan, I
0: mean, what are some of the common uh, diseases that we see here in Hong Kong? I remember. I seem to remember, and this goes back a, a few years ago. I seem to remember thalassemia and yes. brochures for it, um, and it's quite prevalent in the Hong Kong population. Yes. Um, You're so, right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thalassemia is very common in the Chinese population. There are two types of thalassemia, the alpha thalassemia and beta thalassemia. Alpha thalassemia, the prevalence is around 5%, whereas for beta is 3%, which is not low, isn't it? So uh, uh, you can have, uh, these are the autosomal recessive diseases, meaning that if, if a woman is carrying for example, a beta-thalassemia gene, but if her partner is entirely normal, carrying two normal genes, then the ch- uh, their ch- children will perfectly healthy, at most a carrier who is also healthy. But if this woman is carrying a beta-thalassemia gene, and if her partner is also carrying an abnormal beta-thalassemia gene, then they will have one in four chance of giving birth to a child with severe thalassemia. Yes. And to the extent that the this child, this, this child will need lifelong blood transfusion yes. or for marrow transplant. That's right.
0: Um, so uh, th- this is one disease that people can screen yes. and, and, and early, have yes. early detection. Um, and what happens when you find out um, that you've, you're, you know, you're positive for a screening? What are some of the next steps here in Hong Kong?
1: Um if the woman is already pregnant um then um if we find out that both partners are carrying the same abnormal gene then the 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 way is the first thing is to test whether the baby is affected because uh, it's the chance of the baby having the disease will be 25% yes. but 75% of the time the baby is unaffected yes. um but we have to know so the the way to tell is again by means of amniocentesis. We draw some amniotic fluid out for testing to confirm whether the baby is affected or not. If the baby is confirmed to be affected, then it depends on the disease that we are talking about, um, for the severity of the disease, whether and the, and the parents wish as well. Now, uh, take the example of alpha thalassemia. If the baby is affected by alpha-thalassemia major, uh, it will not just affect the baby itself, it will also affect the mother. Mm-hmm. The mother will have a lot of amniotic fluid during pregnancy, we call polyhydramnios, and that will put her at risk of having bleeding after heavy bleeding, after delivery. And also the condition... Uh, the baby being the fact that the baby is affected by uh, severe alpha thalassemia, that will uh, in, put the mother at risk of having preeclampsia high blood pressure during pregnancy that's very Very dangerous dangerous for the mother so if the baby is really affected by alpha thalassemia then we will really discuss with the mother whether she should terminate the pregnancy for her herself and also for the for the pregnancy itself okay
0: well there are many options available and definitely um would you recommend people getting
1: a prenatal screening then um yes in a way yes or no now in hong kong we do not have a very clear guideline from the local authority. But take the example of America. Uh, The American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, they actually recommend doctors talking to women who are contemplating pregnancy and see whether they want to be tested for some commoner, or more severe genetic diseases. Um, The the list of genetic diseases are are very short. It's like the first one they recommend for testing is SMA, spinal muscular dystrophy. The second one is cystic fibrosis. The third one is actually hemoglobin problem like thalassemia. And the fourth one is fragile X syndrome.
0: Oh, okay. So and there's... the fifth
1: one is you now depends on the ethnicity because we know that some genetic diseases tend to run in certain ethnic, ethnic uh, population. Yeah, so actually those you have... Asked that it's actually recommended to be tested by the American Society. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, also, but of yeah. course, it's a personal choice whether yes. the women would like to take it on board. It's up to their decision. Yeah.
0: Well, finally, uh, Dr. Chan, it's so nice to talk to you and to meet you in person.
1: Can you remind our listeners? Have you got a website? How can we find out more about you and your work? Oh yes, uh, our clinic has the website, and actually, uh, I do not want to promote the website. It's the material yes. that we have prepared for our patients. We have written the. Uh, the details about genetic screening and also down syndrome screening they if they're they're interested they can um, take a, take the time and read more information about these uh, problems excellent it, yeah the website is uh, hk-gmc.com excellent thank you so much for your time and that's dr
0: karina chan joining us thank you us.